You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Grace. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to This Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Dustin. Hi, how are you, Dustin? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be on with you, especially today. Awesome. So cool. It's great. So why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning in your relationship with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Uh, yeah. So growing up in the Midwest, it was one of those deals where as a child, you know, you hear all the stories about grandfather being in the Oklahoma land run and being a man's man and moonshine and whiskey. And uh, this is, you know, you're just like in the back of your mind, you're like, wow, do I have to do this? And, and is this what it means to be a man? And then you start hearing all the horrible stories about abuse in the home and addiction and losing the farm. And then it comes to my father and kind of the same thing, but he was more of an athlete and a professor, very educated man and uh so you, you you have this these this consciousness that is two ways it's like okay i i guess i need to drink to be a man because this is kind of how they did it and show my worth and value and and this is where the party's at this is where the lifestyle's at and all the country songs the pop songs and everybody's you know glorifying alcohol throughout your life and you're seeing five ads a day on average that are saying how uh, luxurious alcohol is and you just get brainwashed and I was one of the, the one of the ones one of the uh, millions and millions billions uh, who were, fell into that trap and I vowed you know as a young, at a very young age to never drink alcohol I think I remember being about six or seven and watching my father abuse my mom and my dad was really an amazing man whenever he was not drinking and to see him just completely turn into this monster of a of a being, not even like human, I don't know what it was, but you could just see that alcohol had taken him over whenever he was in full addiction. And I, yeah, so six, seven years old, I, I vowed, I said, I'm never going to drink. And sure enough, pressure, everything that comes in, the branching, you know, age 15, 16, start sneaking the beer and everybody wants you to come and be cool at the parties and stuff like that. And it was just a slow drip process for me. I, you know, going through life, I, I did really well. I grew up really poor, but um, sales, uh, kind of like yourself, I did sales and that was part of the culture and got into it. And everybody, you know, the free flowing alcohol was at every sales meeting event and they, you know, promoted it like crazy. And if you weren't doing that, then you weren't part of the in crowd and one of the guys, guys, and it was literally like not getting a promotion type stuff and, and not being uh, in it. And so, yeah, I just kept drinking, drinking really nice stuff too. Like I wasn't, obviously I was drinking like Camus wine and doing the martinis and the champagne and all this really nice stuff flying around the world, golfing, uh, tequila on the golf course and thinking, you know, I'm living the luxurious life. I'm living that beautiful high-end life that everybody dreams about all this stuff and the whole time I was I was thinking you know you're doing great you're doing awesome you got kids at home you've got a beautiful wife you've got houses and you're living in different parts of the world and the and in my mind I was I was doing what the the fairy tale was all about and you know you just get to a point where the addiction starts to take hold and I couldn't believe it I was like oh my gosh I have now uh, become 
like my grandfather, like my father, and am in the same unconscious, uh, collective unconscious illusion fits me in some way. And you were the one Morpheus. You are my uh, awakening. You are my queen, uh, Annie. And it was grace that woke me out of my collective unconscious illusion that alcohol benefits me. Nothing mm -hmm. else did it. I researched tons of stuff. I have a doctorate in psychology. I researched addiction from A to Z, all kinds of different theories, everything like that. And the only thing that woke me up that really clicked for me was this naked mind. And so for me, I, I got that and I went at it hard. I got it on Audible. I did Kindle, I did hardback. Uh, it was everywhere. It was all over the place. And it was in my consciousness like day and night. And it was this repetition of what alcohol is, what the truth is. And yeah, now the, I just see it as complete ethanol and disgusting. And it's just like a cigarette smoker that has quit and now sees cigarettes and tobacco as cancer sticks. I see Camus wine as cancer juice. And I, it's it's literally disgusting to me whenever I, I visualize, like I see the bottle and people drinking it. I'm like, oh my God, there's 13% ethanol in that bottle. And it just, I get this like, oh, in my mouth and, and grossness, you know? And so it's this consciousness shift and it's all, all thanks to you. And I just, <clears throat> I, I'm so happy to, uh, to be on with you. Oh, that's so awesome. That's amazing. And uh, what was the what was the process like? Like, did you all at once or over time or how did that go? The process of awakening and, and coming out of alcohol addiction. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was slow for sure. Um, it was a repetition. It was research and it was, was a community and just really your, your stuff. Um, it, it was that audible, you know, in the car, in my, uh, on, having it on while I'm doing work, just over and over, hearing your voice and just reprogramming my brain to unbrainwash. I, I was so brainwashed, you know, with those thoughts of this life is so much better with alcohol. And and you're like, where does this come from? How is it? And you, the more research I did for my book and stuff, the more I realized that this is a very long, deep, unconscious collective illusion that goes way back 10,000 years of of humans having alcohol as the only painkiller on the planet and using it for everything from physical to mental you know anxiety and depression and you name it that was the only thing for thousands and thousands of years so for us to have that in us is very normal and very like of course that's what we think we it, it's been the only painkiller you know like temporary i want to be very clear very temporary painkiller uh for a long time and now we're to the point where we're evolving and our consciousness is finally getting out of that where you know we're not we don't need that anymore and and it's just now we're seeing how much it causes cancer all these new studies are coming out and how bad it is and yeah so it's the same thing as i think you know like a cigarette smoker i'll go back to that a lot where it's like you just go oh my gosh what is this that cigarettes used to be you know promoted as cool sexy fun uh advertising with doctors on saying that it takes the edge off and you sit there and you go wait a minute this is the exact same thing that uh big alcohol is now doing uh, and it's it's the same advertising and and i, I know i'm speaking to the choir with uh with you would be in the advertising uh, guru on it too. And 
Uh, that's another thing that cracks me up. But I, I researched all these other doctors and medical professionals and psychologists and all this stuff about addiction. And, and it took uh, a, a advertising executive <laughs> to wake me up out of my uh, <laughs> addiction. And, and so once again, just gratitude, so much gratitude for you. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. And so you said something that I want to come back to, which was basically this idea of like, for so long, we didn't really have another temporary sort of painkiller. And so expand on that a little bit, like what sort of things do we have now that this kind of awakening is happening for people? Yeah. I, what I love about the younger generation now is that they're, they're seeing what's out there and they, they're really knowing that they're, they're looking at their parents and going, wait a minute, they're not cool at all with this stuff. And they're, they have this consciousness that I'm like, wow, I'm so impressed with the, with the younger generation. And then, so they're even getting into, you know, in mindfulness, it's all about my, my, my kids at school, they're, they're, they're just really into this mindfulness at school and teaching kindness and compassion and feelings and getting into how, like, even with boys, like, how do you feel instead of getting angry and saying, what is that feeling underneath the anger? And that's what this is all about is us being mindful. Yeah. There's, there's painkillers out there that we can use, you know, like all kinds of anxiety stuff and whatever. But what I'm saying is this is a consciousness shift um, that meditation and exercise, and it's a, it's a higher consciousness of eating right. And, and really the, the like getting our feelings out because for me, a man's man, I could, I could back in the day, I just remember I could talk about, I could be happy or I could be angry. Those were the two men, man's way of dealing with things. And if I was anything like sad or crying or, or anything like that, they would be like, suck it up. Let's go. Like, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Oh yeah. You're a little bit, you're hurt. Oh, your feelings got hurt. Great. Now suck it up. Let's go. And you're like, ah, oh, man. You, so, so now whenever a child, even a boy and everything is, is hurting and stuff, it's like this, wait a minute, let's talk to them. How are they feeling? What is this about? And so if we can really keep that going, um, kids won't have that inner stress, inner anxiety that that we had growing up because it's not suppressed and that we unconsciously uh, tried to self-medicate with uh, alcohol. That I did. And I know so many of my friends who are the same way throughout the Midwest and everywhere in the world um, that, you know, alcohol was the way to, to self-medicate their traumas and pain from childhood was a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've been sold this just like collective lie that emotions are bad and we should be happy all the time. And, you know, it's such a really, it's at the core of most advertising campaigns, not just alcohol, this idea that um, if you're not, if you're not perfectly happy all the time, if you feel something besides that, and like you said, anger is relatively accepted, but that there's, you need this thing to, to solve that for you. So I totally agree. Um, and so what does your sort of routines to, for self-care and like just staying on the right side of it look like for you now? Well, I'm, I'm four years alcohol-free and the, the joy that has come from that that don't get me wrong whenever i first uh became alcohol free i went into serious uh anxiety came up because i had been suppressing uh abandonment issues from my childhood for since i was eight six seven years old is when that happened from my father 
being addicted to alcohol and then leaving us and abuse and things like that. So I didn't know, you know, I got my doctorate in psychology and I did all the research and study and everything. I didn't know that I still had that in me because I was suppressing it with alcohol and numbing my consciousness down with it. So whenever I stopped, I was like, I felt great physically, but all of a sudden this stuff started bubbling up and anxiety was like off the charts. And I was like, what is this? Where does this come from? And what, you know, the, like you say in your book, the, the red light was flashing the whole time, but because of alcohol, it was suppressing. And I didn't know that red light was flashing. Well, that red light came on big and bright whenever I removed uh, ethanol from my system. And so I went through a solid two years of personal development. And that included all kinds of private therapy, uh, six weeks uh, retreat in Cambodia for an incredible spiritual retreat, two, med two hours of meditation a day, two hours of yoga, uh, eating vegan food. I actually changed in. I'm now vegetarian. And, and so it, it was a definite two year, tons of work almost every day, getting this, getting through this abandonment fears and, and working through it. And the great thing about that was I didn't have one time where I also went through divorce at that time and all kinds of stuff. Where I crit, where I wanted a drink of alcohol, not one time, even in all the pain, all the suffering, and everything that I was going through mentally, uh, it, I was like, absolutely not. This is what where the healing is. And number one thing that I can tell people out there who are beginning is be vulnerable. And I've got a shirt on. Most of the people are going to uh, be listening to this, and I understand that because of the podcast. But I have a shirt on right now. It says "Be Vulnerable," and that is and was the key for me is to get out of my man's man, macho consciousness and actually talk to people and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's coming up for me. This is where I think it's happening, what was happening and everything like that. And once you can get into a community uh, like that and really start uh, opening up in a safe space, then that is where the healing is. And that's where I really uh, healed the most. I love that. I love that. And so do you have still daily touch points that you kind of do to maintain sort of this consciousness? Yeah. I, now with the book and everything, I'm talking about this a lot. And uh, I, I created the uh, Alcohol Free Revolution, which is a nonprofit organization. And so we are in uh, meetings and we're talking about just like you and I are now with groups. And so that's obviously huge is the community uh, approach. And then daily, you know, meditation, anywhere 10, 10 minutes to an hour a day. I meditate daily and really recommend everybody just pop up right out of bed, do it right there before your day gets going and the kids start getting at you and you got to do this, you got to do that. Just do it 10 minutes. It's all you really need. And just breathe, focus on your nose, focus on the breath uh, coming in and out of your nose. Just close your eyes, sit up straight and do it right then, get it done. And that really, that edge that we talk about, if you, you want to take the edge off, that is huge. Just that breathing, even two minutes. If you can just sit in your car seat, sit the car seat up straight, do two minutes and focus on your breath. And it will really take that edge off and, I, and the most healthy way. Um, and so I can't, you know, meditation is absolutely huge. Um, <clears throat> community meditation and then repetition uh, is always huge. Whenever I see things like Coors Light ads where it says fresh, crisp and refreshing, you know, and clear, whatever. I'm always like, uh, I change the words around a lot and, you know, say, say ethanol, you know, cancer, 
cancer juice. I mean, whatever you need to say whenever you see the ads to keep reprogramming your mind is, is a big one for me. And just daily, you know, because you're going to see five a day. And so and do that with your children, too. Whenever those ads come on, make sure that you are offsetting those ads by talking to them about it. And what it is, just like you would do with cigarettes. If you saw an ad for cigarettes in front of your child, think about what you would, how you would explain that to them and what that's all about. It's the same thing for alcohol. And I do that with my kids. So there's little things throughout the day that just trigger me to, to talk about it and, and be with it. Mm, that's very cool. That's very cool. And so when you first stopped, how was it on sort of your social life and your relationships? Oh yeah. Big change, huge change. I, it was, uh, probably that's why I created the alcohol free revolution organization is because I didn't feel like I had a community whenever that happened. Uh, four years ago, there were some apps online and some online stuff, but that physical like zoom, like community where you're talking to somebody live, I did not have that. And I just remember texting people from the I am sober app is what I used back then. And it was, it was okay, you know, but it definitely wasn't uh, the community because when I stopped drinking, I didn't want to hang out with old friends who really all I did was drink with them. I didn't want to be around that consciousness and it just became obsolete for me. Some of the friends and um, yeah, and in my relationship, it was difficult. Um, my ex, you know, kept drinking. I did not. And that's really a difficult thing. And so, yeah, you just have to work through those things and know that once you reach a level of consciousness and other people are not there, it's really going to be difficult to, to meet up with that and, and enjoy being around uh, those people. So just know that going into it, that, yeah, you are going to uh, lose some friends and then you're going to now I've gained this, these friendships and brotherhood and sisterhood of people who are these real depth. There's so much richness and love that goes into these friendships that are not uh, guys sitting around at a bar uh, talking about their favorite sports team and coaches and, you know, just basic things like I don't even remember those those conversations with the conversations I have today with people and the people that are in, in the um, revolution is just it's a whole completely different level and, and gives me so much joy. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool. So what would you tell someone who's just kind of starting out and being like curious about their own journey based on your journey? repetition was huge for me whenever you're starting out of reprogramming your mind you have been programmed so hard with the the big alcohol companies have done an unbelievable job on our minds and our brains and, and the amount of advertising and the songs that you hear first class up in the sky champagne you know you're that's the whole all the pop songs all the country songs everything Everywhere you go, it's like it's like alcohol is this uh, elixir of life, as Miss Grace calls it. And so uh, it is not. And it is the opposite. And it is ethanol and it is cancer juice and it is it will kill you. It is 100 percent addictive. It is just like tobacco. And we have to get out of that. And so repetition, number one, number two is well really number one for me is community um getting in and talking to people who are like-minded who are at a high level of consciousness with alcohol and know 
exactly the truth about it. And you can, you know, talk to them about your past. Um, and yeah, we've all done stupid stuff. We've all been drunk. We've all done everything like that. And then, and, and there you're, we're with people and, um, that, that just know, and that have been down that path. And so you, you don't feel alone. And that's the tagline of the alcohol free revolution is you'll never walk alone. And that's what it's all about is so get in a community, um, do the work. You've got to do the personal work, especially 70% of heavy drinkers, um, you know, had trauma in their childhood and things like that. So you got to really get in there and do the work like I did. Or there's also the 30% who just drink because of brainwashing and social life and everything like that. And that's going to be easier on those, but you still need that community. Um, so those two are my, my, my big ones. And then of course, like I was saying earlier, meditation is huge. Awesome. So good. So cool. Well, um, so let me ask you sort of the question that, that I ask. Well, first of all, what is the name of your book? If people want to pick it up. Yeah. So here I got a copy of it. I'll show you. You're doing great. And other lies alcohol told me. And on the back, Miss Annie Grace, it was so kind and awesome, uh, says Dustin Dunbar's story is relatable, hilarious, and encouraging. This book will give you the courage to break free from alcohol and live a fuller, happier life. So from Annie Grace, the best-selling author and founder of This Naked Mind, and my personal Morpheus, my awakening <laughs> my queen. Yeah. Yay, Annie. Woo! That's awesome. Um, so, so yeah, is there, before I ask kind of the last question that I, I wrap this up with, um, actually, let me ask this is what, what would you say was the hardest part for you about the journey out of over drinking? Oh man. When all that, when my suppressed abandonment fears really started surfacing, uh, it, I took that, that bandaid off that numbing, uh, cream, lotion, liquid off out of my consciousness. And man, it just started bubbling up, bubbling up until it just burst. And I spent three days in psychosis, literally, like I didn't know where I was. And today I call it a spiritual awakening, psychosis, existential crisis. <laughs> you know, it's it was like all a big ball of wildness for three days mixed into one. And then I, I, I was so... I had so much fear and, and anxiety out of that, that I was like, I didn't know what happened to me. So I went into 30 day uh, mental health treatment center that was very spiritual based and really had to go, okay, what is this? And figure out that it was all fear of abandonment uh, from childhood. And then even deeper uh, fear of abandonment from and death and dying and, you know, just being scared about life kind of in general. And so that was by far the most difficult part is to just face yourself and face those fears head on without any kind of uh, addictive cancer juice in your, in your, in your veins running through. And so, yeah, easily. So just to, just for you being new out there, if you did have childhood trauma and things happened to you that were really traumatic, uh, just know that if you've been drinking for a long time, you've been suppressing and, and making that red light that flashes uh, in our central nervous system, you've turned it off and you don't know that it's there. Well, just know that you need help. And if, if it starts coming up like that for you, where you really start feeling anxiety after quitting, just get help, get in and know that it's very normal and you will make it through. Uh, 
you know, so that, and that's, that's probably the best advice on that. I think it's pretty easy for those who didn't really have any childhood trauma and things that happened to them. It's much easier after drinking because you're like, oh, you just see the light and you go, wow, I can't believe I was brainwashed. I, I was like, you know, like cigarette smokers and things like that. So that's, that's the best advice I have for Awesome. All right. So the, the final question is if you were going to go back in time and talk to Dustin about what your life is like now, what would you tell him? Uh, so what part, like the adult version or kid version? What do you think? What's wherever, wherever you feel like wherever it resonates. Let's see when you were really stuck. Oh man. I would say I really, that six, seven year old boy, uh, just to let him know that there's nothing to be afraid of, that you are beautiful, that you're loved eternally, and you will never be abandoned, uh, that the universe always has your back. And yeah, you're you, it, that it all it just comes down to that, that you are eternally loved forever and ever and ever. And you're an infinite, timeless being that is beautiful and uh, will help so many people in the future. And because of people helping you, you can in turn go out and you will, you will in turn go out and help them. Amazing. So great. Well, thank you so much for being on. It's been really great to hear your story and get to know you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And yeah, anytime in the future, if you want to team up on anything, I would absolutely love it. And it would be my honor. So I'm doing all of this. I, uh, I'm i retired. None of this is for money. I'm giving 100% of all the book proceeds uh, to help those fight alcohol addiction with charity. And so, yeah, this is just me giving back. So anytime you need anything from me, uh, please don't hesitate. It's amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how This Naked Mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious. Thank you.